When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX. And that drum solo goes crazy. Uh, this man next to me, of course, is still working hard and for some reason wants some days off, I guess. That's not happening, but uh, I am <laughs> thrilled to be back uh, in this small studio with him. It's the one and only uh, Thunderstick and my vice mayor, Jesse Friedman. Uh, you were out there at the MLB GM meetings today. I was. And of course, uh, that's very exciting. I know we have some more from Mike Hazen on that. Uh, shout out to all of you guys for being here, of course. Uh, Ryan H. just yelled wagon. We are still a wagon, and that wagon never stops rolling, even during the offseason. Of course, get yourself the official shirt of a wagon, by the way over at our phnxlocker.com. Uh, if you are a diehard member, you'll get that shirt for free, or not for free, for 20% off. If you're a new diehard member, you'll get it for free. So make sure to check that out. But uh, we do not stop around here. We never stop. And of course, baseball doesn't stop here in Arizona. Uh, Mike Hazen was at the GM meetings today. What what did Mike have to say? And was he in good spirits, first of all, after uh, this, this postseason run that... Uh, <laughs> Like it's uh, the reason why I asked that is because I know they're proud of it, but it's still probably a little sensitive, painful about the, you know, how sure. close they came, you know? Yeah, I think I think Mike has has progressively gotten more and more like there's just more perspective that comes with time. Right. right? Yeah. You have a chance to kind of reflect on on everything that you were able to accomplish. And yeah, Mike Hazen, at one point he was asked about. You know, his relationship with with Tori Lovello, which is something we'll get into later in the show. Of course, Tori Lovello, that extension has now been made official. And uh, yeah, he talked about how him and Tori had numerous moments throughout the month of October where they were just looking at each other like it's October 24th and we're playing a baseball game. It's October 27th. And we're like, it's, it's November 1st and we're playing yeah. a baseball game. So yeah, you can absolutely tell it's just talking with Mike that he, you know, he's had more of a chance to reflect and, and appreciate what the diamondbacks were able to accomplish. Uh, that said there, there is a, a flip side to going as deep as the diamondbacks went in the postseason, which is that all of this offseason stuff is happening very quickly now. immediately. Um, and uh, yeah, we have a clip from Mike, talking about how uh he was basically asked do you feel behind and his answer was yes <laughs> but i'm also wired to really want to plan very very far ahead and kind of see things coming down the road and i i've tried to like step off of the you know the being so hyper focused on being planned out ahead and just trying to enjoy that what this was this October because it meant a lot personally and professionally and trying to enjoy it a little bit more rather than like log down those days with meetings and well there's so many smart people in our front office that are working on these things that we would catch up very quickly and we've worked pretty hard since that stopped to refocus and reprioritize what we're doing moving forward um, but yes I personally if you're asking me yes I feel behind. I imagine for a front office that it is kind of like 
as far as a metaphor or a comparison is concerned that I can relate to is like me and Damon trying to do a post-game show for some of these World Series games and some of these playoff games, right? Like, we have work to do, right? Work that we know needs to get done, but we're also just taking a moment to stop and watch what the team is doing. And at heart, it was time to think about work when you're watching this team do what they were doing in the postseason, right? Yeah. And so there is work that the uh, that the front office essentially has to do regardless of if they make it into the postseason. They have to start planning ahead. But I imagine it's hard to start thinking about that work at all when you're in yeah. the middle of the postseason run, you know? How do you, I mean, how do you justify, like, doing a deep dive into your offseason goals when, like, there are World Series games being played yeah. right in front of you yeah. and you're trying to strategize <laughs> and you're right. trying to, you know, there's uh, obviously Tori is the one in the dugout making the decisions and in those games but those decisions are very much informed by the front office right yeah. uh you know there's a lot of analytics and a lot, a lot of information being passed down it's not like mike hazen you know once the world series roster is set it's not like mike hazen is just you know, all right you guys got up this i gotta suite. go do stuff like yeah i got some <laughs> other stuff to work on now uh but yeah th- that answer came right after i asked mike about josh barfield and his departure from the organization uh i think we touched on this a few weeks back but yeah. josh barfield is now an assistant GM under White Chris Getz with the Chicago White Sox. Yeah. Congratulations to Josh Barfield. The White Sox on, got a real one. That is probably their yeah. best best move so far that they've had as far as personnel goes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, you could you could make that case. Um, but yeah, uh, Mike talked about how the Diamondback like that is a very big role to fill, and the Diamondbacks uh, are looking to start interviewing candidates for that role uh, next week. The Diamondbacks, as of right now, don't have a farm director, and that is a pretty important thing to have in place going into the offseason uh but yeah it sounds like the front office has been working overtime here over the last few days since the end of the world series to try to make sure that the team is in good position here heading into the offseason i'm I'm glad i never got that uh old josh barfield had a farm graphic ever done because that wouldn't be useful that that was that was (laughs) that was uh, a thing that we were behind the scenes there was a graphics (laughs) request that was put in at one point uh Uh, yes yeah no but uh of course uh now like you know again there is a lot of things to address they're going to be losing some personnel obviously they got to figure out a way to regain that production and obviously the hope there is that not only do they find somebody able to produce the same way that some of those players that they're losing can produce but can maybe even help this team you know get to that next level which I mean, what what is the next level after you make it to the World Series? I guess you it's gotta just win a the thing. Trying to win the damn thing, right? <laughs> I, there there has to be an understanding, though, especially when it comes to uh, this this team that you know that again, you know, there's there's the regular season, and then there's a different mode in the playoffs, and I think that that's something that uh, everybody involved got to experience with this entire process, and it's kind of yeah. it's kind of like in in you know when when. I don't want to say the Diamondbacks were like an eighth seed in, in basketball making it to the championship or whatever, but they're like one of those middle of the, you know, a couple of games above 500, you know, and they made it into the playoffs, but they like kind of sandbagged a bit. And then when they got there, they knew that that was the time that you really, you just need to get into the playoffs and anything can happen, right? The Diamondbacks understand that now. So it's not like uh, the goal necessarily needs to be you know, a hundred win season now based on what they did, but just maybe, you know, a, a little bit, you know, more get, getting down the line a little bit yeah. more, maybe just getting to the playoffs the next year and, and seeing what happens again. Yeah. And uh, one other note is, as far as uh, staff is concerned, uh, as you mentioned, the Diamondbacks will be losing some players, presumably uh, to free agency. We touched on some of those guys the other day. 
possibility of you know Evan Longoria, Tommy Pham, Lourdes Gurriel returning to this team. Something interesting that did happen today is I, I believe it was a reporter covering the Houston Astros came and uh, joined the scrum for a couple minutes and asked if the Diamondbacks have had any inquiries about Jeff Bannister and his availability to manage. Obviously, there are still a number of managerial openings around the league. No, and no. this reporter no, was wondering no. if the Diamondbacks have been no. contacted about oh my God. specifically from the Houston Astros Houston. if the Astros oh. wanted uh, Jeff Bannister no. to be their new manager. Manager. No. Uh, and Mike Hazen, of course, did not actually give a firm answer to that question. He wasn't willing to address specifically whether the Houston Astros have inquired. But he did speak very highly of Jeff Bannister. And he said that Jeff Bannister absolutely deserves to be a major league manager he at does. some point soon. And maybe that is some maybe that's another job that the Diamondbacks have to find a way to fill, uh, you know, when it's all said and done. But as of right now, uh, Josh Barfield is really the only major from from a staffing standpoint, the, the only major loss that the Diamondbacks have. And I think that that's such a good point is he's not wrong. Banny is an excellent manager, and I don't know his reasons for stepping away from managing the way he did. Right. Because he was working for a school in Colorado. Right. The, like before the Diamondbacks had him join Tori Lovello's staff. So it almost seemed like maybe he doesn't want that level of, of, of stress perhaps, or, or something of that, you know, nature, right? Like I, I can't speak to it. I'm just speculating, but sure. Uh, you know, of course this man was the AL manager of the year at one point in his career when he was managing the Texas Rangers. So like, this is a guy that, uh, that a lot of people respect and, and obviously has a lot still to give. I mean, we've made the jokes all season long about how deep the Diamondbacks are at manager position because of Jeff Bannister. You literally have a very capable manager will able to step in at any moment with Tori, you know, and the few times Tori's gotten tossed from a game or, or just to be there as a confidant to Tori and give Tori that, that feedback. But uh, yeah, I mean, this particular coaching staff, uh, I think uh, will, will not get the credit that they deserve for being the reason why this team made it as far as they did this year. But I really think that Bannister, Brent Strom, which uh, Thunderbolt 47 says, please tell me Strom will be back. Yeah, I, uh, Strom, I think Strom, Strom all indications are that Brent Strom will be back. Yeah. Um, yeah, he said there's I still... won't let him leave. Yeah, Damon. If, uh, even if Brent Strom tried to leave, I don't know what I would do, but I would figure it out. Damon yeah. would, would find a way to make that happen. So for anyone concerned about Brent Strom <laughs> leaving, don't worry, Damon is Watch on your it. ass, Houston Astros. Damon's coming for you. <laughs> what else you got for Mike today, though? Yeah, so uh, a few other things. Uh, Mike was asked about the Corbin Carroll extension in retrospect and how, you know, <laughs> is it too early at this point to say that there are some tangible benefits of the Diamondbacks in making that big of an investment in yeah. Corbin Carroll? Or are we at a stage already where you can really feel the benefits of the Diamondbacks making that move? And here's what Mike Hazen had to say about that. Knowing that, I, to the question that we were talking about, you know, what, what does the World Series mean? It, the World Series means a lot. Having, having somebody like Corbin Carroll, who is one of your best players, knowing that he's going to be here for a long time, like those two things to me go hand in hand. It's not just saying that for one 30-day period or for one season we went to the World Series. Like it's Yeah, we went to the World Series, and that was awesome. And we did it with a guy who's now going to be here for a long time that's going to be anchoring 
a team that has the chance in the future to do it again, I, I, being able to speak about it in those terms, I think makes it more powerful. I think that's, that's a, you know, it, at this point, if we didn't have a deal done, we'd be talking about, we have five years left, right? Now, now we don't, we have eight. And I think that's a, that's a major thing in my mind, at least to be able to think about what we have moving forward, how we're going to attack acquiring players externally. I think that that is such a, I mean, it's such a great point. And like Elise, known baseball GM, says he's he's like, I saved at least $50 million with this decision. Yeah, he didn't say that, but that that's is. Basically, yeah. Yeah, that's basically what it you're is. You're not right? getting Corbin Carroll for $811 million no, at this point. You're, you're not. Just, you're just not. Not after the season he just had. And here's the thing is, is that uh, obviously Corbin Carroll is the right kind of guy to give that contract to because motivation isn't going to be a problem for somebody like him. Yeah. Which honestly could be for a young player that you give that much money to and secure their future for that much, right? Like it's it's a common problem in baseball where you kind of see guys that get those big contracts. Like why aren't they performing like they did in those two seasons where they had those monster seasons? Well, the mindset's differently different for them. And I think yeah. that with Corbin Carroll, he's just different. Right. Like, yeah, he's just I a mean, com- when, different level of competitive where you just he wants to be the best out there that he can be at all times. And when you're making an investment like that in a guy who's played, what, 30, 32 games, I right. think it was. <laughs> right. You're you're investing in the person just as much as you're investing in the player. Right. You're yeah. investing just as you're saying that, like, you know, that the pressure that comes with that contract isn't going to have, you know, this enormous negative effect or it's not it's not going to cause the player uh, to be complacent and it's also not going to cause the player to put too much pressure on, on themselves and right. not be able to perform and I think the Diamondbacks had a lot of confidence that Corbin Carroll was going to be able to handle everything that came along with that and he certainly has in this first year so yeah I think we can all agree uh, the Diamondbacks made a, a pretty good decision in uh, <laughs> at least right now I mean yeah. that that contract looks extremely team friendly even though it was still a huge investment in a player that had only played about 32 games at the time uh he obviously had an incredible rookie season all the way around uh nicholas said this is why it might be a big deal to wrap up gabby this offseason which would be nice but gabby might have nest technically he might have had that season that corbin you know yeah. that he might have had that breakout season that we want to extend him before he has he, he really was Excellent for this team, you know, this season. Yeah, I guess the equivalent extension would have been like the Diamondbacks trading for Gabby Moreno and and then extending him right away, right? Because he had just played (laughs) not that many games with the Toronto Blue Jays last year, just as Corbin hadn't played that many games with the Diamondbacks. But I did ask today a a question also to, to Mike Hazen about Gabby Moreno and the possibility of signing him to a similar extension as what the Diamondbacks gave Corbin Carroll prior to the start of the season. As expected, Mike wasn't really willing to address this head-on with Gabby Moreno in particular, uh, but he did have some interesting comments along those lines, and uh, here's what he had to say. I've never answered that question. I'm not going to start doing it now. What we discuss internally is we'll stay that way. I don't think talking about who we're going to want to extend or why or when or how just kind of bogs down the process for us. I think we would like to keep a group of players here for a long time. We see the value in the fans being able to associate the Diamondbacks with specific players that, and I've referenced this before when I traded Goldie, that, that that was the negative flip side to that equation, that people are 
seem to really get excited about Corbin Carroll and having Corbin Carroll here for a long time is an important piece to that for us to be able to build around moving forward. Our, we have other younger players that we feel like we would like to have here um, to build that team, that team identity around. Pretty similar answer, right, to yeah. what he was saying earlier about yeah. Corbin Carroll. He, he didn't really talk about Gabby much in particular, but you can tell that Mike really values uh, continuity on this Diamondbacks team and the idea of fans being able to fall in love with a select uh, core of players and know that those players are going to be around for a long time. Yeah. And we've heard Mike go time and time again back to the Paul Goldschmidt trade and how he seems to have some regret over trading away. He still has nightmares about that trade. It, it kind of looks that way. I think he has nightmares and, about Carson Kelly and Andrew Young and Luke it wasn't. Weaver. It wasn't the kind of return that would justify trading away a franchise player. And I think Mike is very cognizant of that now yeah. and is very aware of, of what comes with trading away a player uh, or not being able to keep a player that fans really like. Yeah. And there's no question. I mean, I think you and I have a, a pretty good uh, sense of, of kind of the fan base and, you know, how people who really like this team feel about different players. People love Gabby Moreno. Like people have have really He's Mr. Diamondback. I, he, I, I got he, my sash guy <laughs> making him a sash right now as we speak. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Next time I see him, I'm going to put it on him myself, maybe with a little crown. I don't know. but Just what Gabby does defensively, I mean, winning a gold glove in his first full major league season is an incredible accomplishment. And the man was hitting third in the World Series. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know how he could have drawn up Gabby Moreno's first, major league, first full major league season a whole lot better than this. I also want to say something, and this is a football-related comment, but it comes back to this. Uh, Josh Dobbs was a quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, was traded – to the Minnesota Vikings and had a, a magical first game where he led the team back to a comeback victory at the end. The next day, are you Jesse, making a Josh Dobbs, Gavin no, Moreno comparison? Wait, I feel like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get there. Stages, it's like right? here and here right now, but these are two that are gonna <laughs> connect. The next day, the next day, Jesse, Josh Dobbs jerseys were available in the team shop for people to purchase. Right. People have fallen in love with new members of this team. And yet when you go to the Diamondbacks team shop, there is still Madison Bumgarner jerseys, but no Gabriel Moreno jerseys. Randy Johnson no, Serpientes jerseys. Randy Johnson Serpientes, but no Disgusting. Alec Thomas uh, Team Mexico jersey. Do we not like money? Like, OK. Wait, and, is that? That's not true, is it? You're telling me that I there am are, telling you that there when are you, Madison Bumgarner jerseys yes. right now in the Diamondbacks yes. team shop. In a Serpientes jersey and a Randy Johnson one in a Serpientes jersey, but you will not find a Gabriel Moreno jersey a in Corbin the team Carroll shop. Jersey. Well, and I mean, I talked to the manager there and he said that the Corbin Carroll jerseys have just been selling out. Yeah, but makes sense. the fact that they can't keep them in stock would mean that you would should maybe order them like in a Costco size bulk deal. You and maybe sell more. Not, maybe I'm just saying because people, especially during the, the World Series and the NLCS, Jesse can attest to this. People were standing in line with money in hand. I saw a guy yeah, walking the in shop lines. Yeah, insane. I saw a guy walking in that basically said as he was walking in the door, I'm going to buy everything. That's what I heard from him. And it was just funny as I was walking out to hear somebody be like i'm going to buy everything right so uh you know there is something to say about 
the the getting people to fall in love with these players and all of that. But you know, again, people do fall in love with them fast, and I have heard that feedback about not being able to purchase their jerseys in the team shop and things like that. And if the Minnesota Vikings can get Josh Dobbs jersey up the next day, then damn it, tomorrow when I go in the team <laughs> shop, there should be Mister Diamondback Gabriel Moreno jerseys available on the shelf immediately because this guy has been become beloved by the team. And there's already like you know like like you guys were saying here in the chat like you were saying there's this thing elise said it best like i want to know when i buy the the, uh, player's jersey that this guy is going to be here for a long time and i want to be able to have that confidence we know that with corbin carroll now everybody can go buy corbin carroll jerseys you could just waive that jersey insurance that some of those sellers buy you're not (laughs) going to need a new one right but some of these other guys you know we want that commitment we want to know because we really haven't had that as as a fan base to like that team that we could you know root for for a number of years because yeah. it was mostly the same team. Yeah, I mean the the Diamondbacks have had you know there have been some young players who who have come up and fans and I think got attached to. But yeah, there's some situations where those players eventually just kind of stopped performing or got hurt. Some situations I think back to Justin Upton where. The player got traded in kind of an ugly sort of fashion. So, yeah, I, I think the, you know, the front office right now is looking at this young core of players that the Diamondbacks has or the Diamondbacks have, and they want to keep those guys around, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Mike didn't specifically address the, the Gabby Moreno, the idea of a Gabby Moreno extension, but it's clear that that is the kind of thing that he values, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something the Diamondbacks were considering this offseason and the terms could be pretty similar to Corbin Carroll I I don't think the number would be as high but you know eight years adding on a couple years to uh to the deal that he already has plus you know maybe an option for for an additional year after that I think it can make a lot of sense for both sides well I do know that the Diamondbacks have to add some guys they're going to be losing some guys but more importantly they still don't have a full starting rotation so yeah uh there's been some talk that free agency is Pretty pretty slim pickings, right? But how how do things look for free agency for starting pitching? And you th- are Diamondbacks going to turn to that, or are they going to have to turn to a trade in some way in order to make that happen? Yeah, Mike Mike did say at one point today that the Diamondbacks will be aggressive on on both fronts uh, in terms of starting pitching, uh, both in the trade market and and via free agency. Um, and when it comes to free agency, uh, he was asked specifically. What kind of tier of starting pitcher are you, are you looking at? The Diamondbacks, it appears, from what we heard from Ken Kendrick the other day, it appears that they're going to have some some money to spend. We still don't have a whole lot of specifics there. We'll send you this. Um, they, or yes, Derek is is willing to contribute from the the swears jar in order to you know whatever try to try to, to sweeten out. whatever whatever the D-backs are, are able to, to bring back this offseason. But uh, yeah, Mike was asked about... Um, you know, what sort of tier are you looking at? Are you looking at like a frontline starter? Are you looking more at a mid-rotation starter? And here's what he had to say about that. Yeah, we're, we're looking to add to the talent on our roster. I'm not exactly sure how all that's going to come together. We have multiple things that we need to satisfy. We are going to be looking at the starting pitching market. I We have two top-of-the-rotation starting pitchers, and we think Brandon Fott has the ability to get into that mode. So um, I think we're starting in a pretty good spot. Where everybody's, you know, like who the number one or two or three, I don't, I don't, don't get too bogged down into that. Where they slot in, we need to improve our rotation. I would prefer to have somebody, given the team that we're constructing, right now to have somebody that we can bank on. 
I'm, but that doesn't mean that we wouldn't take chances on guys that are like bounce back candidates who are too. I, th- I just think in what we're trying to what we're trying to do, I think we have to stay flexible and engaged in the entire market. Yeah, there was a time where he was kind of shopping a bit in the bargain bin, seeing if he could find any last minute, you know, holiday deals. But <laughs> you know, now down, now we're going for the A gift, right? We're getting a, we're getting a PlayStation Five or something this Christmas. It feels <laughs> like, but no, it really does feel like. I mean. I understand like they don't have a particular like we're not going after an S tier guy, but it also doesn't feel like that's not off the table. Right. I mean, yeah, it, it goes along with I think Gambo uh, from from Arizona Sports 987 tweeted something earlier today about how the Diamondbacks are looking for a starting pitcher that will push uh, Brandon fought down to number four. So someone who is someone who is clearly a yeah. more reliable, more established starting pitcher than Brandon fought, which granted. Brandon Fott's only had about 20 major league starts he's, and he's technically gonna, has a career ERA of almost six. So he's going to be our, he's going to be our star next season. He's going to be our, our one, our one he, pitcher. He's next clearly season. perceived yeah. better than that. Right. right. Though ba- based on, on how well he pitched in the postseason. So yeah. Is it a number one? Uh, probably not. Uh, you know, is it, is it, you know, Aaron Nola or, you know, Blake Snell, one of the guys at the very top of the market, it seems unlikely, although technically that hasn't been ruled out. According everyone to chat, everyone in the comments Otani. is convinced it's that Shohei, Shohei Otani <laughs> is going to the Diamondbacks, which uh, he's not going to pitch next year anyway. So I, I don't know how that factors into he's this gonna conversation. He's going to play third base in DH is what he's going to do. There you go. Yeah, it, it fits somehow. But yeah, the Diamondbacks are the, the second part of, of that clip that you heard was him being asked. Are you looking for, you know, like kind of a bounce back guy? There are a number of those out there. We've talked about Lucas Giolito and Jack Flaherty and some guys who had really poor uh, second halves uh, in in their walk years and might be looking for more of a short term deal to try to get things going and bounce back and maybe get a, a bigger deal later on. And as you heard there, Mike basically said, we want someone who's more established. We want someone that we can really count on. So, yeah, it hard to really read uh, into exactly what the what the Diamondbacks are are looking at here, but it, it appears that they're not they're not just looking for a number five starter. They're not just looking for you know maybe a, a Zach Davies type like they got last year. It appears that they're shooting a little bit higher than that. The thing that the thing I told you was going to happen with Trevor Bauer is happening, Jesse, because people are actually suggesting that in our <laughs> chat right now, and I just want to point out that I I knew this was going to happen with him. I knew he was going to go away. Uh, I didn't know he was going to make a weird video about like the charges and try to explain what happened. And I'm not here to even address that because that was still very strange. But this team is just such good vibes. Get that guy away from me. Why would we want that? Yeah. Regardless of whether the allegations are true or not, he is just a complete asshole. I want nothing to do with rooting for him. I mean, it's it's interesting because right, like Tommy Pham brought a certain like negative kind of uh, reputation with him, but. We love Tommy Pham. And I mean, again, sometimes it's how you fit into the clubhouse and sometimes that stuff gets overblown. Sometimes, I mean, honestly, sometimes people deserve to get slapped in fantasy football. That's the truth <laughs> of the matter. But uh, Tommy again, Pham's reputation, though, for as controversial as it was, very different place. Than very, uh, yeah, nowhere very, even in the same. Yeah, not even in the same. I, I was just, you know, especially addressing what, what Damon's saying, just more about his forget the allegation side of it just the yeah. way he is perceived as far as a teammate and and in the clubhouse but yeah i think that that is something very very important to take into consideration with how they move forward and, and who they acquire because this team 
is a connected team, and a big part of that, obviously, is Tori Lovello, manager of this team, the man that deserved to be at least a finalist for National League Manager of the Year, in my opinion. But his contract extension is now official. Uh, and we have uh, some more from Tori, who, once again, just to let everybody know, is out of the tent. Uh, he's he's back to being clothed in regular clothing. I don't know what he was wearing before, but uh, <laughs> he's returned to society. Uh, and he actually talked here about when his contract extension, uh, when, when the talks started happening and, and what this extension means to him. When um, way back, I think in early, early um, May, Mike had uh, talked about an extension through the 24 season. And uh, obviously um, I accepted that. And he said, look, if, if we get to a point where we can circle back and, um, and we end up getting to a point where we all feel like we can get to, I will, I'll um, re-enter this, this conversation. And I told him at that time, I'm not good at that. You know, I'm just good at explaining to you guys, I'm good at honoring my contract. I'm good at um, understanding my position and the gratefulness that the, that the D backs um, have shown me. So I told him it's up to you. And literally the day the season ended, um, he, he reminded me that we were going to have this conversation and I asked to give it a day or two. I needed to decompress a little bit. And sure enough, he did. And he was very consistent and came back with a phone call and said, look, I want to get this finalized and done as soon as possible. And I basically accepted what he was saying. And I told him, I just want to discuss with my wife and just get her looped in. And then within the next 12, 24 hours, we, we had an agreement. But you know, the way I looked at it was um, I am grateful. I'm very thankful to, to Ken and Derek for showing the faith in me. Uh, and the belief in me that I could run things from the dugout level, despite some very rugged circumstances. And um, I'm, I'm just honored by by their generosity and their trust in me to continue moving this ball forward. Tori with the flowers on his shirt, uh, which he absolutely deserves. And the flowers he was given by this team and this contract extension. Uh, he's such a humble guy. And I feel like, again, he honestly approaches things in a way where he wants to deserve these contract extensions we talked about it i think he should be extended until the end of time uh jesse was a little bit more reasonable about it but we definitely understand why you know obviously the diamondbacks are aren't, aren't giving him some sort of crazy long detail that, or, or deal they, they still want to work towards something and they want to make sure that that he he's continues to be the right man for the job and i think tory probably is is on board with with the time frame of this deal you know considering that he maybe want to reassess his future at that point and you know who knows what what he, where he's at after 2026 yeah uh we did talk with mike a little bit about uh the tory extension and he basically just said yeah he deserves it we're lucky to have him that was all that mike had to say and i mean he, he also talked about fighting tory a lot and tory talked about fighting him <laughs> where they've been like butting heads like brothers because these two yeah, are so close un unfortunately my my audio is a little messed up in this portion <laughs> of the mike interview but yeah mike uh was asked about his relationship with tory and how that's developed over the years and yeah he he described him and tory as being an old married couple and how they have a lot of how they fight every day yeah. and yet they also understand each other and you know mike has the final say in in terms of you know the roster decisions and tory has the final say in terms of the on-field decisions and yeah. how those players are used and they understand each other and they've had a really good thing going ever since 2017 when this when this partnership between yeah. them started here in arizona so 
yeah, there's, there's something to be said for having, you know, that kind of chemistry have, you know, having a GM and a manager who know each other well and are obviously really good friends with each other as well outside of the game. And, you know, uh, Tori's putting yeah. up Mike's Christmas lights he and, is. you know, they're, they're, they've been really, <laughs> they've been close for a long time. There's a lot of value. Well, there's that. some, there's some problems with that, but I mean, the, that, and that and it was caused by the postseason run, right? But the postseason run for these two uh, is just, I, I, I feel like it's such a, a, a acknowledgement to them of the hard work they've put into building this team and, and that their efforts of trusting the guys that they invested into uh, paid off, right? Now they're to the point where they saw how close they could get, how good this team could be on a postseason run, and yeah. they know they have something special. So they can kind of continue working together. That's what's so important about this postseason run is just to, to know that they were able to do this, whether it was what, you know, I, I know people have called it a fluke, but it's no fluke what they did in this postseason run, right? And, and you know that you can build on this going forward. Like, are they going to get to the World Series next year? Who's to say, right? There's no way to say that they're not, uh, depending on the moves they make and the way things happen. But they know they have a team that's capable of performing this well in the postseason and that they can continue with this extension of Tory and the extension that Mike, you know, received himself to build and then to continue the plan that they've set in place that has probably been, you know, kind of a blueprint started back in 2017 that that you know, had its ups and downs, had its, you know, terrible season in, in 2021. And yet here they were able to get as far as they did. Uh, it's it's just, uh, of course, uh, it, it's a reflection of, of the two of them, especially considering the youth of this team and what they were able to do. But uh, Tori did make one interesting comment, something uh, there was there was a negative um, there, there was a negative side to the postseason run, and that, and that is, is that playing so late into October, uh, playing in the World Series, having a World Series game occur on November first, cut into Tori's Christmas decorating time, mm. which is very important to Tori. Uh, and here he is talking about how this postseason run cut into his Christmas decorating time. Yeah, I'm driving through the neighborhood and I'm kind of freaking out. Everybody has some of their stuff up, so um, you know what's funny? Every everybody put everything on hold. Um, um, I, I heard Mike, Amiel and Fitzy talking in my office, like, you know, we got to, we got to make sure we're catching up. We got to catch up because things are going to turn pretty quick as soon as the world series is over. And um, like the day after the season, I got COVID like COVID was just like waiting for me until the season was over. So everything got put on hold and um, I got to get going here. I got, I'm, I'm panicking driving through the neighborhood right now. Two neighbors have up lights and I'm like, uh, uh, I'll get after it. But we have a wedding here this weekend, and after that, I'll get going. <laughs> I love that, man. Uh, by the way, Damon and I were willing uh, to get in a fight with Bo Brock today over that man. Like, physically, we were going to fight like Bo we Brock were about to over throw his terrible down. takes. What did, what did Bo Brock He say? said he didn't deserve to be nominated for manager of the year, and we weren't wow. having any of it. Because, to be honest, I think it's time to have that discussion about Tory being the greatest manager in Diamondbacks history. Well, I think Tory might be the best manager in Diamondbacks history, but the main thing working against him right now is the fact that he thinks it's okay to decorate for Christmas mm. in late October See, and early November, which is objectively not true. No, you don't understand the commitment level that a man like that has to decorating his house. Jesse, you don't just start in November. 
There's not enough time. You got to get there's there's yeah, there, but that, first of that all, just means you need a more efficient decorating thousands process. and thousands of lights. There's LED boards that have to be set up. There's he probably hand paints characters, you know, like out of wood. I'm that sure. takes a lot of time. It's one man. I mean, I mean, he has a family behind him supporting him. But can the kids get like Donald Duck's face right on the on, on you know, on the plywood? I doubt it. Tori is very, you know, he's very, very high up there when his quality on his Christmas decorating. But um, he is. I heard a a Christmas I heard a Christmas song played in a TV ad a few days ago, and that in itself vile made me angrier, more angry than like yeah. anything that's happened to me in like oh. a month. Yeah, so, that's disgusting. And and people in the chat seem to be backing me up on this. It's a problem, Derek. We need to tell Tori that you it's unacceptable. No. It is unacceptable no. to be decorating for Christmas prior to at least like. Thanksgiving, maybe Black Friday, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like Black probably the Friday. weekend, the weekend after Thanksgiving is really when all those decorations should be going up. You guys obviously don't and, live in a neighborhood uh, where they have a decorating contest. My, so not. I will say the house that I grew up in, my parents' current house it exists on Google Maps as a destination for Christmas lights. <laughs> there are there are tour buses that go down the street that I grew up on. And you know when they put up their Christmas lights, Derek? Yeah. Right around Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Can't do it this early. Yeah. Not allowed. Yeah, look, I'm just telling you uh, the Tory. Uh, has a lot of things going on in his life besides baseball and that it's pretty inconsiderate for his team to go on this late postseason run and and get <laughs> get in the way of his decorating time. That's all I'm saying. But uh, thoughts, though, uh, honestly, on Tory being the best manager, the greatest manager in, in Diamondbacks history. And, and I guess, like, my main thought, obviously, is longevity and his win-loss record, all of that kind of stuff, right? But uh, a lot of it, I think, has to do it's obviously influenced by this particular run that they had. Like you could say a lot about a lot of postseason teams, this Diamondbacks uh, franchise has had, but I really feel like the way he was able to get this particular team to the world series and, and have this postseason run was, was pretty special and, and not something uh, with the payroll that they currently have that, that a lot of managers are able to do. Yeah, I think I think Bob Brenly, you could make a case. I mean, I know Bob yeah, Brenly's tenure wasn't particularly long, but the man did win the only World Series in this franchise's history, right? Yeah, and that sure. comes with, you know, he had an incredible roster. He had a more talented roster than what the Diamondbacks had this year in the World Series. But yeah, if if someone were to make the case that it has to be Bob Brenly at number one just because of that, I, I probably wouldn't argue with it. A World Series is a World Series. Yeah. A ring is a ring. Yeah. I, I get it. Outside of Bob Brenly, though, I think it's pretty clear. I think Tori Lovello is probably the best manager in Diamondbacks history. He's the longest tenured. He is the winningest manager in franchise history. He's had that title for a while. And this is a, a team that has cycled through guys like... Pretty consistently, like yeah. it's for a while there, it kind of seemed like every couple years the Diamondbacks were were going from one manager to another to yeah. another. Uh, you know, I know Kirk Gibson was here for about four years, then Chip, Chip Hale, Hale just a couple of years. Uh, you know, guys haven't necessarily lasted very long in that role here in Arizona, and Tori Lovello has, and very well, very well deserved that he's made yeah. it this far. I think I would agree with you 100% on that. I think Bob Brenly definitely has a special place that that it's hard to replace. It's hard. It's hard to succumb that. It's hard to get over the manager that 
basically brought this city its only major championship when it comes to those four yeah. major sports. But uh, yeah, Tory Tory's just different, and I think it's hard uh, if you if you've met Tory, if you've talked to Tory, to not think very highly of him. Uh, and there's a lot of quality character guys within the organization right now, including Mike Hazen, including Tori Lavello. Uh, and I think those guys are able to identify uh, guys of, that have high quality of character like Corbin Carroll. And that's why, you know, investing in him made that sense. And, and now look at where they're at. So uh, just a great overall job by these guys. But it's going to be interesting to see how they can basically roll this success into continued success in 2024 and beyond. They have the core to build around, and there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do it, especially with the economic windfall that they got from this particular postseason run. So now's the time to invest that money back into the team. And, you know, let's see how many let's let's see how good this team can be. Let's see how how you can, you know, kind of support that core that you're building around with some very talented additions that can help you get right back to that 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 place that you got to this postseason but of course uh, one thing that we all want to make sure that we are reaching is our whatever achievements we have with our financial needs in our life and desert financial credit union is the place to do so and it's been doing that here in the valley for more than 84 years so if you need a trusted financial expert desert financial has been arizona's largest most trusted local credit union dedicated to creating exceptional experiences by giving back to the community and providing financial solutions that make lives better talked about this on the show my myself a few times but i would not have my home without the good people at desert financial credit union they gave me my first mortgage and they allowed me uh, to achieve that dream of home ownership so you can look to desert financial for uh, a home mortgage, checking and savings accounts, loans, credit cards, investment options, and more. Uh, joining a credit union that is committed to giving back to the community and sharing success with its members uh, always feels better sometimes than than going with those big banks. So make sure check out Desert Financial. When you open a free checking account online, you can get $200 in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200 right now. Um, well, the holidays are right around the corner, as we've been arguing about here. Uh, our guy, uh, I think I think somebody gave us a super chat there about when the Christmas... Caleb, our guy Caleb Lindsay says, the tree doesn't go up until after Thanksgiving. Them's the rules. Yes, thank you. It's You guys have put a me in a weird honor. spot here. Like, I'm just defending Tori's dedication to Christmas decorations. Derek, you can defend Tori and I understand on the however amount of many work. fronts you want, except I have for this one. The Great Christmas Showdown or whatever the hell that show is on, on ABC they have with all the lights going up and everything. Like, There's a lot of work put into those things. These people have to start putting up LED boards in like August. It's crazy. But uh, of course, uh, you just got to respect the hustle that the man is putting in uh, to his holidays. And with the holidays right around the corner for all of us, Things are getting hectic, including when to put up those Christmas lights. But thankfully, our buds at OG's Brands are back at it with exclusive deals for PHNX listeners. And they made it super easy for you to score these savings around this time of the year. Uh, maybe you want to share them. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just keep all of that OG's goodness for yourself. But you can get 25% off any OG's product at your neighborhood Zen Leaf location from now until November 30th when you place an online order and use our code PHNX. And let me tell you, uh, the Sleep Edition gummy they'll help you they'll help you get some sleep around this time of the year i know things can be stressful and sometimes that 
leads to your sleep pattern getting a little erratic. So uh, just make sure to check out all the variety of OGs uh, that they have to offer. They're all about flavoring life, and they are, as my bud tender the other day uh, attested to, the best tasting gummies that you can find here in the Valley. So uh, just head to zenleafdispensaries.com, find your closest location, order your favorite OGs gummies for pickup, uh, and use our discount code of PHNX to get 25% off at checkout. The deal is exclusive to our PHNX listeners and is only available for online pickup orders only. So make sure uh, to make sh- to get them online on their website and to get that pickup option. Discount code, once again, is PHNX and is active until November 30th. Uh, well, the free agent frenzy does not stop because we continue to take a look at potential candidates for the Arizona Diamondbacks, who they might want to target. Today, we have a couple of pitchers, one you are probably very familiar with and one maybe not so much. Yeah, one you might have completely forgotten this man ever even played in Major League Baseball. And we'll we'll start with that guy. It is one Eric Fetty. Everyone knows Eric Fetty. Everybody right? knows Eric, the great who, Eric who Fetty, doesn't of course. Know From KBO, Washington right? Nationals legend Eric Fetty. Uh, yeah, Eric Fetty uh, was non-tendered last offseason right around this time a year ago by the Washington Nationals. And then he went and pitched in the KBO for a year, and he won the KBO equivalent of the Cy Young Award and went 20-6 and six with an ERA of two. Uh, we have his full numbers uh, for uh, for the season in the KBO. These are some pretty good numbers. 20-6 yeah. uh, and six record, 2.00 ERA, 180.1 innings pitched, a 0.95 whip, Jesse. That's amazing. Uh, 10.4 strikeouts per nine and 1.7 walks per nine. Those are some impressive numbers for uh, put. He put up for my favorite uh, KBO team, the, yeah. the the Dinos. Let's yeah, go you've Dinos. Been a big Dinos. I'm a big fan Dinos fan. Absolutely. That's uh, Tucson's KBO team. I don't know if you knew that, Derek. Oh God damn it! You they train at it. High Corbett, where the you U of A plays. It. Shut up! You're, really? ruin, you're ruining. They it. do. Many times. So, yeah. So, these are KBO numbers, right? I want to make that clear. Um, (laughs) Can you imagine how much money Eric Fetty would be making if he he put up these numbers in the majors last year? Oh, my gosh. That would be ridiculous. Uh, Well, he he is. uh, He he does have Scott Boris for an agent. So, maybe we'll get that kind of money. Scott Boris for an agent. And uh, truth be told, that's that's how his name came on my radar for the show today. Uh, Scott Boris was asked at one point during his uh, extremely long press conference that he did at the GM meetings today. Uh, And, uh, yeah, he was asked, like, you know, what's the what's the interest like in Eric Fetty right now? And uh, he said everyone is interested in Eric Fetty. I believe he said that he is the most popular, uh, the most popular free agent, which uh, feels feels a little bit like hyperbole. What? Um, but yeah, he said he's this getting is... a lot of phone calls about Eric Fetty. And he's the best. Scott Boris is the best. He's an incredible salesman. He Jesse, is, he's I mean, an incredible a, salesman. There's a reason that he's like the most yeah, influential you guys, sports you guys agent of all time. You need to get your Eric Fetty now. It's going to sell out before the holidays. So make sure it's the hottest toy. Eric Fetty. Eric Fetty. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. But uh, those numbers are impressive. And again, we do know that the KBO is very competitive, so it's not to take anything away from that league. And we also know uh, that he has been kind of called as, once again, known baseball GM Elise coined it the next Merrill Kelly because people have said, obviously, sure. his time over there 
he, he got better and now he's coming back to the United States and, and could have that kind of season that, or that kind of career that we've seen Merrill have since he returned. Yeah. And I mean, so these are KBO numbers, but like if you look at Merrill Kelly's KBO numbers, he never had a season like that. No. Uh, Merrill Kelly's lowest ERA in his four seasons pitching in the KBO was 360. Uh, he basically had an ERA between he had an ERA between 360 and 413 every year that he pitched in the KBO. Eric Fetty going out there and putting up a two ERA with right a, a lot of strikeouts. I think it's 10.4 Ks per nine, uh, only 1.7 walks per nine. Those are they're really impressive numbers across the board. And it would be one thing if Eric Fetty you know, had the season that he had last year with the Nationals where he was not good at all uh, and then went over to the KBO and had a good season but didn't really make any, like, tangible changes. It'd be like, all right, well, clearly the KBO, the level of competition there is not the same as the level of sure. the competition in the majors, so maybe we don't read much into this. Uh, but there's an article on the Washington Post that kind of uh, does a deep dive into Fetty and, and some of the changes that he made, and there are some pretty significant things here. Uh, he didn't really throw a changeup at all in his last season with the Nationals. Now he's throwing that pitch. It's it's revamped. He's throwing that pitch about a quarter of the time. Uh, he also throws a sweeper now, uh, which, of course, everyone knows the moment you learn how to throw a sweeper, you become an elite dominant pitcher in baseball. That's just, that's just the, them's the rules, right? <laughs> that or a Robert Bessions football slider. Yeah, one, one, of the two. Two. one of the two. One of there the two. Is. I was yeah. waiting for that. <laughs> Stiff wrist, throw like a football. But, yeah, there, there are some arsenal changes here. Uh, and, uh, you know, some usage changes as well. So I, I think there are some there are some teams that are going to be interested in Eric Fetty. And I would understand if the Diamond, we don't have any clear confirmation that the Diamondbacks are in on him. But it, it sort of makes sense as yeah. a guy that could very well come over in the same way that Merrill Kelly did and be a lot better than maybe some of the other free agent pitchers that are on the market that are a little bit more well-known. Also, I will say this, that a lot of the free agent pitchers, uh, as we've discussed, are, are most likely looking for a longer-term deal. But I, I imagine that Boris, Eric Fetty, and whatever teams offer up to him, they're going to not want to commit to a long-term deal with a guy coming over from the KBO like this until they see what he really yeah. has to offer, right? So I imagine that shorter-term deals are probably going to be offered and maybe a little bit more acceptable. Uh, rather than than maybe some of the other pitchers available on the market. Yeah, I mean MLB Trade Rumors doesn't even have Eric Fetty in their top. Uh, I think it's their top fifty free mm. agents. Wow. So yeah, I mean you're not you but, might need, you might need to give Jordan Montgomery five and hundred twenty million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's actually true. But yeah, you're not going to have to give Eric Fetty Jordan Montgomery money. Like we right. we know that. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean we talked earlier about how Mike Hazen want someone who's you know that you can count on he's not looking for like a bounce back guy yeah. um th this isn't really a bounce back situation with fetty but i guess it i guess it's someone who maybe you can't count on quite as much as you could the guys who actually pitched in the majors last year but it, it's an interesting idea and someone that i think would cost substantially less than a lot of the other starting pitchers on the market well, the other guy we're taking a look at is probably going to count uh, cost a, a bit more and, and de yes. demand that longer term contract. But he might have that consistency that Mike Hazen is talking about, uh, not looking for a guy bouncing back, but a guy that has been very good for his team. And that would be Eduardo Rodriguez uh, from the Tigers. And of course, I've talked a lot about my admiration for him and, and how good he's been. Uh, but let's take a look at the stats uh, from this season, because uh, even on a fairly mediocre Tigers team, he was a very, very 
bright, very, very, very bright spot for them. Yeah, I'm getting a sense of deja vu here because I feel like we talked about Eduardo Rodriguez like uh, three, oh, we're four months talk ago. I'm a, we're not going to stop talking uh, as about a him. trade deadline yeah. target. We're kind of circling back to a lot of the same guys. But yeah, Eduardo Rodriguez had a really good season for the Tigers. 13-9, a 3-3-0 ERA, a 1-1-5 whip. Uh, decent strikeout and walk numbers as well. 152 and two-thirds innings. He's a guy that you feel like you can count on. Uh, he's not a number one. He's not a number two. Uh, but he would he would sort of fit the mold of what Mike was describing. Someone who would shift Brandon Fott down to number four in the yeah, rotation, right. and you know fit in nicely as a as a mid rotation starter. Not, so, ne- not necessarily be the ace that they're you know that that some of these guys are, are potentially going to be on the new staffs that they join, but somebody that fits in right now with with the guys they got complements them well. And honestly, I, I think the most impressive thing here is that. He, he just seems kind of different from what the Diamondbacks have as far as his traits. You know what I mean? Like there, there's something at times that, you know, like Merrill Kelly uh, and, and Zach Gallen, they, they bring a certain level of consistency, but none of the, these yeah. guys aren't, aren't Erod, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Erod, Erod is interesting in that uh, he had a 3-3-0 ERA. If you do the Savant page thing, you're not going to be like that impressed. Yeah. Uh, like his chase rate, his whiff rate, neither of those were were above average. I think they're both slightly below. I don't think he's a 3-3-0 ERA pitcher. His expected ERA was a little bit over four. I think that's probably more in line of what you should expect from him moving forward. Sure. And the track record on these kind of deals isn't that great. Like I think of like... I don't know, like Jordan Zimmerman is one one uh, random name that comes to mind. Yeah. The Detroit Tigers signed uh, a number of years ago to a deal that I think is maybe similar to what it'll take to get Rodriguez, and that deal did not go well at all. These these like mid rotation kind of a guys uh, kind of guys don't don't necessarily work out so well. So uh, yeah, there there's some you know some reason to be cautious. I wouldn't I wouldn't sign Eduardo Rodriguez expecting a number two starter, but. It is another name that makes some sense for the Diamondbacks for sure. Well, of course, we've talked about uh, BetMGM and all of the future bets you can put in there. I'm still waiting for the Corbin Carroll Rookie of the Year to become official so I can cash in my bet. But uh, there's never there's <laughs> never a time where it's too early to start looking at what you can do in the future on MLB over at the BetMGM app. So make sure to keep your eyes peeled for that all, all offseason long. Uh, and of course, if you are a new customer, you can place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through their mobile application of at least $10 and use our code of PHNX to sign up. If you do, you will get $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. All you have to do is download the app, sign up, uh, use that code of PHNX, deposit $10 into your newly created account, spend that $10 bet on a, on a qualifying bet, which is a just a standard odds price, you bet that $10 or more. Uh, and once you have placed qualifying bet, you will receive $200 in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Uh, and of course, uh, like I said, use it better than I did. I put parlays that I knew probably weren't going to happen. Uh, some long stretch stuff, some of them hit. So you never know. Those ones that hit probably made the ones that didn't worthwhile. So of course, uh, make sure to just uh, check out all the things that you can do with the BetMGM Sportsbook app. But once you do, make sure uh, if you do sign up to use that bonus code of PHNX, place your first bet, uh, bet MGM Sportsbook wager through their mobile application of at least $10, you will receive $200 in additional winnings instantly, regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen 
Justin and Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369-NEW YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Ontario. Uh, well, another great app that you can download if you're downloading that BetMGM app is also the Inner Circle app from our friends at Circle K. It is a free membership program you can download today. Uh, you will save 25 cents per gallon on your first five Phillips right out of the gate. You will also save three cents per gallon every day. And Jesse and I were just talking about how it was literally the cheapest gas you could find in town. Once you, I got the best deal on gas. It was crazy. Anyone in the Phoenix metro area the He's, other day, yeah, and it was it's like, because I was a member of the inner circle exactly exactly you just got you find those cheap circle k's and then you hit it with the 25 cents off if you're an easy pay member you get another 10 cents off deals on top of deals on top of deals and it all stacks uh and it's wonderful like sean DePaz says uh to see that 25 cents come off but of course it's not just gas that you get uh get free stuff on you get buy five get the sixth one free on a selection of Circle K products, and they'll also send you free offers in the app all the time. So join the inner circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. Well, we talked about Scott Boris's insane comments, and uh, you guys said it, <laughs> but Carlos said it best here in our chat. This is probably actually what's going to happen here. Carlos said, watch Otani sign a 10-year contract with the Angels like Trout and just have wasted everyone's time. That honestly <laughs> would be hilarious. Uh, our definition of hilarious are two different things, Carlos. Uh, like, <laughs> like much like Damon, my sense of humor is not like yours when it comes to this. But you're probably 100 accurate when it comes to that. And we yeah, all know. I don't know. If I would say probably. Probably 100 like, accurate. It wouldn't shock me. If it would not shock me at all. Yeah. Right. But of course, we do know that Otani really is the free agent that everybody is talking about the most. And Scott Boris's comments at times can be absolutely insane, but <laughs> crazy like a fox, maybe because that man is always selling. Uh, uh, his clients and always trying to make sure he can do what's best for them. Uh, but he did make some 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 other interesting comments. And I know one of them was about the milkman himself, Zach Gallon. Yeah, I asked the obligatory question today to Scott Boris. Have the Diamondbacks, have the Diamondbacks and you had any conversations about a Zach Gallon extension? And he didn't really say much, uh, which is sort of what I anticipated. Uh, he said he hasn't had a chance to discuss an extension with Mike Hazen and the Diamondbacks at this point. Uh, I followed up and asked if the Diamondbacks have expressed interest in that. And he basically just said, I think every team would want Zach Gallen, right? Ah, um, uh -huh. So, yeah, he, you know, he, he played he did. He did the <laughs> Scott Boris thing pretty well and uh, didn't didn't give a whole lot of information. We are still right. Gallen has two more years with the Diamondbacks, right. not one. So this will be a more uh, a more weighty discussion to have next offseason. I suspect uh, I suspect Scott Boris will find the time uh, to have those conversations <laughs> yes. with the Diamondbacks next offseason if. Uh, if the Diamondbacks are interested. So as we as we learn more about that situation, we'll, we'll be sure to pass it along. He also wants a neutral site World Series, Jesse, for seven games? Just one neutral site? What are your thoughts on that? 
think it's an outrageous idea. <laughs> I think it's awful. And that's and that's coming from uh, someone who who believes that Scott Boris actually is kind of on point at no, times. No, he with the absolutely that, is. With some of the changes that he wants to see. But yeah, I mean, the thinking here is is going off of the Super Bowl, right? And yeah. the, the spectacle at the Super Bowl is the fact that it changes cities every year. Sure. Um, the Super Bowl is not just the NFL championship game. It is the Super Bowl. It is this big event. It is this big thing. Right. And the World Series is is not that, right? The World Series is, is a, a big event, as we have seen. You're going to sure. sell out all the tickets. It's going to be a big thing. There's going to be a lot of people there. Uh, but it it's not it is not what the Super Bowl has become for the NFL, and I think some people like Scott Boris would like to see it get there. Um, would it I be, just would, don't know if I see it. Would it, okay? So like there are some benefits to this, right? So certain cities that have franchises that might not ever participate in, in a World Series would allow the World Series to come to their city. It would cut down on travel for the teams and for the people like yourself involved who constantly sure. have to do two games here, three games here, maybe two games back here again, right? So logistically, there's some things that make sense about it, but it doesn't make sense because no other sport that plays a seven-game series like this has all seven games played at like a neutral site, yeah. which would just yeah. be crazy. The fact that there's seven games, you're right. That's a pretty big difference from from the Super Bowl and the way that the NFL operates. I guess one benefit would be that you could make sure that the World Series is played in a town with decent weather in like late October, early November. That's fair. Uh, you know, you could avoid the sleet of like the Northeast or whatever at times. Phillies fans aren't going to like this idea. Yeah, one bit. but I like talk that. to those fan bases. <laughs> like they're not they're not out there hoping, you know, wishing that the World Series was held somewhere else just yeah. so that they didn't have to deal with right. the weather. Right. I do think Major League Baseball would would still be able to sell out the games. It's not like if they did a neutral site, no one would come. But I still think it's just a really bad idea because, like, Diamondbacks fans who got to experience the World Series this year, if the World Series was held at a neutral site, that probably doesn't happen. And I and we're just not going to have that that thing of us coming together of us yeah. of our fan base being all together in one building and supporting a team and i know you know at times there was a lot of discussion about that this postseason run right about you know the dedication of diamondbacks fans oh my god i can't believe there's 12 tick 12 dollar tickets available for an nlcs game and all of that kind of stuff right on a but tuesday uh, but realistically yeah, that was on a thursday yeah, two o'clock yeah in the don't don't, don't right? have games at thursdays <laughs> at two o'clock in the afternoon uh i don't know i mean obviously not gonna happen uh and i don't really think that that's a great idea but he also wants to move the amateur draft to right after the college world series and that uh, makes sense yeah that's that just that just kind of needs to happen uh from the conversations that i've had there is not a per there is not a baseball person on the planet that enjoys having the amateur draft during the all-star break yeah scouts don't like it because these players have just been kind of sitting around for several weeks uh possibly more in some cases and uh, the media doesn't really like it either. And I don't think it's really good for baseball because no. it's kind of buried by the spectacle that is the home run derby and, and the all-star game and everything else that happens. It would be best served kind of having its own spotlight a couple of weeks earlier. I think this is something that Scott Boris is not alone on. I, I think this will 
probably happen at some point because it seems like everyone sort of feels it should be this way. So not all of his ideas are terrible. No, no, no. just just the one of the World Series being <laughs> at a neutral site, which I still think is, is outrageous. Uh, I don't just, know about Eric Fetty being the most popular free agent. That's, pitcher, that's uh, fair. Yeah, that, either, that, but that, yeah, uh, everything fair. else kind of tracks a bit. Um, but MLB uh, does have some things that they do need to get under control. Uh, he's not right. He's not wrong when it comes to that because they may have, may have <laughs> sent out the list of all of the award winners in the order of who won the award. Is that what we're seeing <laughs> well, here? The, potentially? Uh, the award, yeah. It, I think it was it was Jeff Passan, right? Who tweeted yeah. out the finalists. Yeah, the finalists. The for each finalists award. for all of the different BBWA awards, uh-huh. and. It it certainly it appear. appeared that they were in order of who won, mm-hmm. and then Jeff Passan deleted uh, the screenshot, which he never my does. Understanding, he never does. That I man is the bravest man I've ever met in my entire life. He just doesn't delete tweets. He simply doesn't yeah, do that's, it. Yeah, that's fair. That's pretty off brand for him. And so someone tweeted this out today and was like, "This is actually <laughs> this is the order, right? Like these aren't <laughs> just the finalists. The this, is, this is absolutely the order." <laughs> Shohei, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is it. Corbin Carroll, Kodai Senga. Of course, James Outman is also there. Uh, but yeah, no, this it, it actually surprises me to see Zach Gallon second. Uh, to be honest, just a little bit uh, there just, for the NL side. James Outman is last. That's the correct answer. Oh, okay. Yeah, just wanted yeah. to make sure I didn't yeah. confirm that. <laughs> so I mean, maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe. I mean, but like, do any of these surprise you? Like, no. This this no. has to be the correct order because think, okay. every single one of these is how I would expect them to go. The only one that surprises me is NL Manager of the Year. And this isn't my hey, Schumacher I, th- over Council. Is that what you expected? I, yeah, I mean, honestly, either guy there over Council. To be honest, I, I just, I, I still Brian don't even Snicker over Council. That I don't agree with. Well, I don't. I just don't understand what Craig Council did to get here. Like, I don't. I mean, is it consistency? Because he has been a consistently good manager for the Brewers. I do not want to take that away from him at all. Right, but like. What what really changed for the Brewers that they haven't already kind of the been Brewers doing? weren't expected to win the NL Central. Uh, the Braves okay. had like the best offensive season in Major League history, I'm, and I'm pretty sure that you or I could have managed the Braves. And I we still probably would have, have at least yeah. found our way to the playoffs. Damon and I talked right? earlier. We could have co-managed <laughs> the Braves to a World Series together if you put <laughs> us in charge of that team for sure. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with uh, Skip. Uh, I I just I don't know. I, I it was it's weird. I don't know. I don't know. But the uh, Brewers have been in the playoffs a lot recently. Like yeah. that's not it's not shocking that they got here. The only no, shocking thing shocking. was that the Cardinals were as bad as they were. Yeah. That's the shocking thing. Yeah, that's not that true. the Brewers were like particularly good, and that the Cubs kind yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, I like, didn't have, I didn't have the Brewers. I didn't have the Brewers winning ninety one games this year. Okay. Um, I, I still think they had a good season, but, but Tori also was the manager of a team that was expected. Yeah, to win Tori still should have been. Tori still should have been a finalist, yeah, in my opinion. Overall, and yeah, Skip Schumacher, I still think has a better case than Craig Council. Yeah. So I'm with you on that front. All right. Well, um, I gl- I'm glad we can agree on something. Yeah, we can also only, agree. It's the first thing yeah. this entire show. It's, uh, sure. I mean, and in, in, in a week since you've been back, it's the first thing. So we've have you? On. So have you already decor? Have you already put all your Christmas decorations? No, Jesse. Is that no, I was. 
is just that what I'm Tory. I haven't even taken my Halloween decorations down yet because I don't have the time. Um, but I was just, I was just but defending Derek, Tory. How do you, how do you get all of your LEDs up in time? Right? Like, I'm not. You need I'm at least that. like two months. To, like um, you must have started in June. Mine are right? blow ups, and they mostly just need to be tacked down to the ground. So that shit can be done in an afternoon. Okay. I'm definitely not Tory, but of course uh, he still is a connected manager. We are still a connected team, and we're still a fucking dangerous team. So make sure to get that shirt over at the phnxlocker.com. You can get that shirt for free with your diehard membership. So if you have not signed up for a diehard membership yet, sign up today. You'll get Jesse's newsletter. You get access to our Discord lounge. Get a free piece of merchandise from the phnxlocker.com. You get exclusive content that we'll be bringing you to our Discord lounge, including maybe little exclusive episodes with me and this guy just for you diehard members. So do not miss out on all the wonderful content that we will be bringing you and all the wonderful offers from our partners as well when you are a diehard member. Uh, Also, shout out to our friends at FOCO for keeping our set decorated, for making everything here at the office look beautiful. They are a leading manufacturer of sports and and entertainment merchandise with a product line that does include apparel. It includes novelty items, accessories, but most importantly, includes those bobbleheads, those collectibles. Get down on the limited edition Diamondbacks collectibles right now uh, over at FOCO.com. Get them before they are sold out. Uh, Of course, we know the the limited World Series ones, they're not going to be around for too much longer. So check out everything they have to offer over at FOCO.com. FOCO always has our back for Arizona sports and they have yours too. So get the best gear around by visiting FOCO.com and using code PHNX for all non-presale items. If you use our promo code of PHNX, you will get 10% off. Uh, Well, we thank you guys again uh, for being here tonight. We will be back tomorrow with a more normal time, I believe. 1 p.m. episode tomorrow? 1 1 p.m. I have to check with this guy because I don't know when he has GM meetings or little (laughs) side things planned with Mike Hazen. But, of course, we will be back. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. Jesse's at Jesse N. Friedman. Uh, Some of us in this room are Damon's dogs. Not all of us. He's still the people's producer, but I don't know if me and him are still a connected team. Uh, You can follow him at Damon Dog. It's D-A-W-G. Derek, I feel like we're back after we were threatening to kill Bo with our bare hands out over time. Yeah, we really did come together on that one. So, uh, woof, woof. But, of course, uh, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs, and all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys again so much for your time. We appreciate you stopping by. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you don't accept Scott Boris's comments at face value.